You are listening to the podcast, Erotica with Kelly Clark. Stanley Hubert had been drinking. Or at least had tried to. He had always kept the liquor to a minimum, but now, within the sanctity of his house, he immersed himself in the devil's drink without any limits. His life with his wife had been heading downhill for the last two years, but now, in addition to that fact was his belief that his daughter was always flirting with him. He had always been a good husband and a better father, but now, retired from work thanks to a very wise investment, his idle mind was proving to be the devil's workshop. His mood was set for a spell of riot. Without any particular initiative on his part, his mind turned to his daughter. At 18, Ethel was a beautiful brunette who had her mother's face and her father's brain. As far as he could remember, she had been the first in her class, topping in the state in her final years of grade school. Almost every nearby university offered scholarships to her, but so far, she didn't seem to have any intention of selecting her major just yet. The top of her head was at a distance of 5, 9, from her cute little toes, a height that Stanley had found more than intimidating as it served to emphasize her firm breasts high above her waist, the trim stomach and the feminine curves of her body. He took solace in the fact that her boyfriends were not spared either, most were often left with an inferiority complex that is so part of the average male outlook that her love affairs lasted little more than a week. What she didn't know, Stanley thought laconically, was that in her house lived her greatest fan. Her father. It had all begun innocently enough, as most of these things do. An accidental display of skin, an inopportune comment or, as was becoming more frequent in his household, daring remarks accompanied with a flash of flesh and a wink of the eyes. At first, he had put him down as childishly adolescent displays of a growing woman who wanted to be appreciated, but then, daughter or no daughter, it occurred to him that she was already a beautiful woman, mature beyond her years. His wife, the career-minded executive bitch, was little more than a traveling salesman, in his opinion. She was always off to this city or that, meeting with this firm or its rival, basically, all the mundane things of corporate life that he had tired of. His wife had insisted that she wanted to make a mark of her own. Sure she would, he remembered retorting, just like the million executives before her. And before you knew it, there would be a million after her. She had stormed out of the room, terminating the discussion with her trademark puff of impatience. Stanley knew he was as much at fault for the rut in his married life, but he no longer felt compelled to kiss and make up. He knew the moment he lost his desire for compromise, that the romance in the marriage was lost forever. The marital bond, though, was secure, at their ages, starting over afresh would be the last resort. In itself would the divorce be enough to bring about the end of the lifestyle they maintained now. A split would do both of them harm. So there was no talk of a divorce. And then, there was his, their, daughter to consider. He loved her terribly, sometimes too much, as he reminded himself. She was the only thing that still pushed him on, wanting to improve upon his successful business life. If it had not been for his, little girl, who was always there to give him a hug after a boring day at the office, he was sure he would have gone off bungee jumping, 
just for the sheer thrill of it. Somehow, he felt that their relationship too had undergone subtle changes. It wasn't just the drunken musings of a married man, in fact, his confusion over her actual motives had caused him to drink himself silly. Of late, his daughter had taken to jumping into his laps for the lightest of reasons. With her mother gone most of the time, even on weekends, the teen wore clothes that hugged her figure like skin, like the white t-shirt that she had that seemed to cling onto her for dear life. Compounded to it was his startling discovery that she rarely wore brass around the house, the observation evidenced by the two small nips that poked out of the material. Stanley also noticed that she used to be digging up more and more of her old swimsuits. He smiled to himself as he thought of a suit that she had worn just the other day, when he had bought it for her two years ago, it had seemed conservative. Now, though, it looked indecent enough to get her kicked out of any beach except the nudist ones. She was always insisting that she would be wearing them just, around the house, but there were times when he wished she would be more discreet than to run around in them. Her latest trend was to wear them on Sundays, when she would do the laundry or clean the house. His cock twitched as he remembered how he had stared down her cleavage when, on a hot afternoon, he had stepped in after mowing the lawn, the little minx had on one of her smallest tops and was bent over the vacuum cleaner, apparently trying to turn it on. Stanley chuckled to himself at his choice of words, turn it on, before the ruminations continued. He had had a perfect view of the top of her creamy breasts, tanned to the color of light toast, and how a little pebble had peeked out of the material that was supposed to keep her breasts from view. Some bikini. It could not even keep her nipples within its cups. And then, casually, as she straightened, Ethel had noticed her father's eyes on the visible portion of her areola, and instead of freaking out at his reaction, she had just tugged the red triangle over the bud but her eyes had mischief in him. This wasn't the only incident, he knew, but it had been the most suggestive. She usually spent her mornings in a loose shirt and a tight pair of panties that was visible every time she moved. Father and daughter also had a ritual of a good morning kiss, it appeared to Stanley that he and Ethel were nowadays kissing longer than would be deemed appropriate. Every active fiber of his imagination told him that she was coming onto him. He had turned to drinks in the hope that they would give him the willpower to turn the erotic images away, instead, they weakened his defenses. As he drunk, his guilty conscience went into a coma, and he no longer felt bad as he thought about the things he wanted to do to his daughter. Things like ravishing her. Suddenly, the door opened, breaking up his thoughts but not scurrying him away. Ethel entered her father's study, a bright smile on her face. As usual, she had topped her class. Her lack of a social life no longer bothered her, in fact, as she optimistically consoled herself, it left her more free time with her dad. He was her best friend in the whole world, the pillar behind her as she underwent the trauma of being stood up over and over again. He had been there for her every time, comforting her and making her feel precious. She felt free around him, unfettered and uninhibited, unlike her peers who thought of the parents as little more than meddling cohabitants. Okay, so sometimes she gave him an erection or two, but even though she would never admit it, she liked the knowledge that she could still turn on a man. 
For all outward appearances, however, she pretended to be terribly naive, having no idea of the reaction she aroused in him. She had never thought, not even for one erotic second, that he would violate her modesty. Never. Stanley had the presence of mind to regain the composure he had lost as the object of his fantasies entered his room. He forced a paternal smile as the long-legged beauty approached him, grinning from ear to ear as she rattled off the teacher's compliments that she had gotten in her class. He managed to get himself into a neutral position before his daughter sat on his lap and felt his hardness, he didn't know if he could come up with a good subterfuge to explain it away. He placed the empty glass on the table as she, as he had known she would, plonked down on his lap. Ah. He loved the soft feel of her buttocks so much. Ethel had seen the erection as she moved towards him, and had guessed the reason behind his sudden shifting of his position. She knew she was in some way responsible for that arousal, after all, the two of them had gone over matters of the flesh many times in the past. It could only have been thoughts about her that must have forced him to act the way he did. But she had no idea what his thoughts had been, and it never crossed her mind that he could be thinking about sex. Sex with her. Perhaps if it had, but Ethel had too much faith in her dad to think of him sexually, as a man. She hadn't anticipated the animal within that man. Ethel, be a dear and get daddy a bottle of wine from the shelf over there, he requested her. Please. Ethel knew she should protest about him having had so much to drink already, but she also perceived that he must have been thinking of his wife and their marriage. She couldn't blame him, her mother was a difficult person to live with, now that the thirst for corporate success was there. Still smiling, she got up and walked over to the shelf. Selecting a bottle of Don Perignon, she brought it back to him. As he watched her shapely ass wiggle towards the shelf, something snapped inside Stanley, his emotional control broke down. His lust came to the front, fueled by the sight of her in the short cut-offs and the tank top. His cock could no longer be disguised or subdued. Emboldened by the alcohol, it just refused to go down. A split second before he actually reached for her breasts, he realized he was going to have her. He would rape her if he had to, but he would have her. He wanted the satisfaction of feeling her naked body against his. He wanted to feel the tight walls of her pussy closing in on his dick. Ethel, on the other hand, had the impression that her father was reaching for the bottle in her hand as she bent over the table. She yelped and tried to jump back as his hands closed around the rim of her tank top, tugging it up with brute masculine force. With his other hand, Stanley held her by her hair as he practically tore the white top off her breasts. Ethel started to struggle, but with power on one hand and surprise on the other, Stanley clearly had the advantage. He threw her top into the fireplace, and Ethel watched helplessly as it started to burn. She had not bothered to wear anything underneath, and the same went for her shorts, as Stanley realized when he tugged at the waist button of the material that kept her crotch from coming into view. Ethel regained enough control over her senses to try and kick back, but Stanley placed a leg behind hers, and pushed her down. Ethel landed with a thump, realizing that her butt was already bare, with the shorts having been pushed down to her thighs. Expertly, Stanley placed a hand over her mouth, muffling any sound she might make, and pulled the shorts free of her legs. It followed the tank top into the fire. 
without giving her any time to gather herself, Stanley attacked his daughter with the frenzy of a sex maniac. A hand cupped her pussy, roughly brushing against the short pubic hairs that guarded her entrance. The other palm kneaded her breasts alternately, pinching her nipples and teasing the areolas that she had always considered too small. In spite of herself, Ethel felt the buds turn hard, watching with decreasing detachment as they turned darker in color. The sign of arousal. When a rape is in progress, the victim often tends to dissociate herself from the surroundings. She watches the violation of her own body as one sees a movie, the actual trauma coming only at the end of the attack. In the case of Ethel, however, even as she attempted to remove herself from the scene mentally, Stanley's experienced fingers pulled her back into the incident. A part of her told Ethel to defend herself by refusing to be turned on by his advances, but another part argued that she give in. It was inevitable, convinced the voice, so why not enjoy it? Ethel did remember the lessons from the sex ed class in school, Rise Above Rape, the counselor had told them, because then the wounds will only be physical. Unfortunately, though, she felt herself respond to her father's rough caresses as he replaced his hand with his mouth, taking in an entire breast hungrily. She allowed herself the pleasure that came with the depravity in the situation, of having her father enjoy her body without her consent, there was something hot in that too, for Ethel. Stanley had his boxes peeled off before Ethel had even realized it, and he was on her before she could react. It took all her willpower not to cry out when her father bit hard on her breast. Instantly, though, as if sensing her displeasure, his tongue assuaged the throbbing nipple. Ethel felt her hands clench tighter as she felt her breast being massaged by his lolling tongue. For a moment, she almost gave in to the moment and savored the touch of his hands all over the body, as he pried and prodded against her burning skin. The mind may object, but the body has tastes of its own. And then, those tastes took over. Her hands went to the back of his head, pushing him deeper into her bosom. She clutched at his hair, pushing and pulling at the same time. She could feel his hard cock slapping against her hole, depositing on her folds the drops of precum. Within moments, though, his finger was at the entrance. For a moment, the victim in her came to the fore again, wanting to push his hands away, but as soon as his index finger parted her lips, she knew she couldn't stop him. She knew, as wrong as it was, that she wouldn't. Stanley felt her body relax, as if she had finally started to enjoy the rape. In his inebriated state, he couldn't distinguish whether her defenses had been finally worn down, or if she was just faking it. The adrenaline that was coursing through his body had lessened the effects of the alcohol, and somewhere within him, he felt a pang of guilt, of sorrow, as he realized that the woman lying below him, helpless and naked, was his own daughter. But the guilt passed immediately passed as his finger toyed with the wetness that her contused with. Slowly, but surely, as a blind man follows a wall, he let his finger slip inside. This time, she genuinely moaned, she really moaned, his senses told him, misinterpreting it as a sign that she liked it. The body of Ethel liked it, but the person of Ethel was turning away from it. She didn't have to like it, and damn it, she didn't. Reality struck like an ice block again, staggering her with its harshness. 
Half an hour ago, she had been happy, eager to share her day with her dad. A dad who was her only true friend, one she could bank on come hell or high water. Now she was underneath him, enjoying the entrance of his finger into her finger. She didn't know what hurt her more, her father's betrayal, or her own willingness to satiate his desires, albeit only physically. All she knew was that the world would never be the same again. Stanley could wait no more, he felt he had wasted enough and more time to try and make her feel good. It was obvious he could never get her to like it, and all his pent-up frustrations were screaming for that final satisfaction, of shooting his jism into his girl. Woman, he corrected himself silently as he shifted his body. His cock was just at the entrance of her pussy again, glistening and engorged. Wordlessly, all thoughts of love driven out of his mind, Stanley drew back, intending to slam her to the hilt with his organ. The slap stunned him. At the last moment, Ethel had drawn upon the hidden resources of her endurance and managed to get enough blood into her hands for a powerful slap across his face. As her father stopped in mid-motion, surprised to the point of freezing, she slid out from under him and with the cat-like movements that her body could afford so easily, moved away from him. Getting on her feet, she started to run towards the door, confident that she would reach it before her father realized what had even happened. Her escape was never meant to be. With remarkable speed did Stanley recover, lunging on his daughter as she tried to run past him. He caught her elbow, and roughly pulled her naked body to him. Ethel tried one last time to get away, but the vice-like grip told her that her father was more than a match for her weak, feminine strength. He had her jaw firmly held with his other hand, moving her face towards his. There was no softness now as he kissed her, rather, he bit into her lips so hard she had to open up her mouth to his tongue. He ground his teeth against her gums, bleeding them thinly as his tongue continued its rape of her mouth. Ethel felt thoroughly humiliated as he finally pushed her mouth away, the pain of his grip stinging her jaw. For a moment, they stared into each other's eyes, hers soft and searching, and his hard and unfeeling. Silently, she asked him, why, her answer painfully denied as he whipped her swiftly into the overstuffed sofa a few feet in front. She slammed against the back of the seat, the force jolting her back into the floor. Even before she had hit the ground, Stanley was beside her, shoving her back into the seat of the sofa. Drained and lifeless, she sunk into the beige-colored furniture. Stanley exulted as he finally saw the fulfillment of his fantasies within his arm's grasp. Here was his daughter, naked, ready to accept him into her hot young body. Ah. Few good men get to enjoy the forbidden fruits of the daughters. He smiled to himself as he lowered himself on her, towering over her quivering body. He had judged correctly, his cock was now barely inches away from her pussy, and there was no way she was going to run again. Her hands hung at her sides, barely moving. Her eyes had a dead look in them, and if it had not been for a tiny whimper that escaped her lips, he would have feared that she was dead. With a terrific push towards her depths, Staley entered his daughter's virginal pussy. He shot through her hymen as she bit back tears of pain. The warm blood trickled down her cunt until it leaked out, staining the sofa. Ethel felt her father's cock searching inside her, as if wanting to find a passage up all the way. 
He was almost ripping her apart, moving inside and out so fast she felt he was being stationary. A deep throbbing in her head warned that it wasn't just the lower body that was bearing the effects of the attack. And in the midst of it all, she felt a vague sense of a physical response, automatically, her body started to move in sync with her father's rhythm, pulling both of them towards the edge at the same time. Stanley's eyes rolled up in his head as he shot his seed into her, filling her up with the same substance that had once knocked up her mother. On the other hand, Ethel, the unwilling participant in her father's fantasy, jerked as her body released liquids too hot for her to handle. Her orgasm wasn't as long as her father's though, and she silently bore his weight when he collapsed on her. Stanley placed his head on her shoulder, taking in the scent of her disheveled hair. The effects of his frenzied intercourse had not yet worn off, and so, there was no guilt as he enjoyed the feel of his daughter's body under him, ignorant of the trauma that was raging inside her. He placed a kiss on her neck, feeling her shudder at his touch. For a couple of minutes, there was no other movement except the heaving of lungs hungry for air. Quietly, calmly, he stood up and walked over to where his shorts lay. He still had his shirt on, not having bothered to remove it because there had been no reason to. Without even a second glance at his daughter, he bent down and pulled the clothes up. He walked to the table, and sat down with a preoccupied air. Ethel's eyes clouded over again. On top of everything, she felt unwanted, he had not even thought it necessary to offer an apology. He had not even deemed her worthy of an afterfuck glance, he had merely used and discarded her. Sobbing, she ran from the room towards the security of hers. As soon as she was inside, she flung herself onto her bed and hugged her teddy, a childhood friend who had been her other constant companion. Abruptly, conscious of its light-hearted gaze, she flung it away, as if she feared it might rape her too. She clutched a pillow, hungry for solace. She wanted to sleep, but it would not come. She wanted to cry, but it was worthless. She wanted to die, but she couldn't bring herself to it. An insensitive voice inside her blamed her for the rape, reminding her that she had even enjoyed the godawful incident. She wished she had never been born. Unknown to her, her father was undergoing some serious damnation himself. Now that most of the alcohol had worn off, the enormity of what he had done hit him like a slug to the face. How could he face her again, he thought, after how he had brutally abused her trust. Damn him, how could she face anybody after what had happened? He knew that what he felt was barely an ounce of what she must be suffering, and his knees gave way under him. From where he lay, he covered his face with his hands, crying to himself. Thus they cried, separately, each in their own world of betrayed trust and unforgivable acts. Dr. Mick Santos of the local Metropolitan Hospital counted up to 25 rings in all before someone finally picked up the phone. It was Stephen, wary and distant. If it hadn't been for the call, he would still have been crying. Yes. Stan. Thank God I reached you. I've got bad news for you, sorry but you have to come over right away. It's your wife, she's been in an accident, and it's, to be honest, doctors aren't too hopeful. I am sorry, Stan. His wife. An accident. Serious. These words swam around his head long after the doctor had disconnected, before he finally made some sense out of them. 
Great gods, what more? He wasn't in love with her now, but he had been, once. A sharp pain cramped his chest, giving him a false hope that he was going to have a heart attack, the perfect solution to the questions in his mind. Spare Ethel the agony of seeing him again. Spare her the fear. Death seemed to be his only sufficient apology to her. When the all-enveloping darkness did not come, Stanley's posture sagged. His life, it seemed, was destined to go on. With rubbery legs, he made his way towards his daughter's bedroom. Her door was open, and he almost turned away when he heard her sob. He had caused those sobs, an unforgiving conscience told him, and he would pay for them. Stanley knew he would, but now was not the moment to break down. Maybe, after leaving her at the hospital, he would drive down the cliffs, straight down the cliffs. Tentatively, he stepped into the room, half expecting to be blown away by a shotgun. He was, however, totally unprepared for what faced him. Ethel lay spread-eagled on the bed, her red eyes testament of her sorrow. Upon seeing him, her face contorted with a mixture of anger and fear, and she quickly turned her face away. Silently, she flopped onto her back, spreading her legs again, as if mockingly inviting him to fuck her again. Of all the things she could have done, this gesture alone wounded Stanley more than anything else. He just wanted to run away, away from her and her beautiful face, away from the wretched house, and throw himself upon the first vehicle that he came across. Instead, he willed himself to hold on to his life until he got her to the hospital, and then he would never trouble anybody again, perhaps except the coroner and the cops who would have to pry his body from the mangled remains of the car. It's your mother, he managed to say, she's had an accident. Get dressed for going to MH. Then, in a softer voice, he added, sorry. Not trusting himself to look at her again, he hurried out of the room. Ethel watched him leave, the news hitting her, like it had hit her father, a couple of seconds after its reception. With a jolt, she sat up her mother. Dot dot. Forcing the painfully recent memories about what had happened in her father's room out of her mind, she concentrated on getting dressed. She chose a wide neck t-shirt and a skirt that almost reached her ankles, and hurriedly got herself decent. Neither spoke a word as they drove towards the hospital. Dr. Mick Santos had been waiting for them. He smiled as he saw them, but it was a grim smile. Good news, Stan, he said, she is stable. Where is she? Op room. Doc Trumley decided that surgery on her stomach was an immediate priority. It should take about three hours more. Three hours. I thought you said she, she is. Her vital signs are returning to normal. It's just that she took a few shards in her stomach when her car slammed into the truck. Absolutely nothing to fret over. Tell you what, why don't you stay in your vehicle? The two of you look like you need a lot of fresh air. In fact, go home, after the op, she is bound to be sedated for at least three more hours. I'll call you when she wakes up. Don't worry, he said, seeing the doubt on Stanley's face, she is all right. There is no internal bleeding, which is the only real danger in this kind of a smash. Go on, get out of here. Stanley turned to Ethel trying to keep his voice as level as possible, which was very difficult since he knew it would be the last time he ever talked to her, he gently nudged her towards the hospital. 
Ethel, why don't you stay here, in case they need something? I'll just go home and make sure everything is locked, and I'll be back soon. Ethel looked away. As he started towards the car, he paused. The goodbye barely reached her ears. Ethel did not hear him at first, or rather, the words he spoke just washed over her. Suddenly, the full import of her father's words struck her. He had never said goodbye before. The words seemed to indicate finality, one whose direction she understood instinctively. A part of her still loved this man, the 18 minutes of rape hadn't totally wiped away the 18 years before that. She ran to him just as he was turning the ignition. Stepping quickly to the other side, she opened the passenger door and sidled in before he could protest. What are you going to do? She demanded. Stanley couldn't answer her. He gazed into her eyes for a second, and then bent his pale face into the steering wheel. He was conscious of her brown-black eyes as she studied him, attempting to find out more secrets in the man she had once placed on a pedestal. Silently, he shook her head, tears dropped liberally from his eyes and disappeared into the floor mat. Shit, Ethel said, her worst fears confirmed. Her contempt for her father had gone, replaced by a fraction of the same concern she had once shown. But only a fraction, for her soreness still kept on reminding her of the wounds inside. You were going to kill yourself, weren't you? You were going to leave me and mom all alone. The accusation hurt Stanley, because it was true. There are our relatives, he offered weakly, a final plea. In front of her, he realized how feeble that belief was. She didn't counter him directly. Lowering her eyes, she asked sadly, why? Stanley did not have an answer. Sensing his need for some thinking space, Ethel got out, opened the driver's door and pulled out the ignition key before motioning for him to move aside so she could drive. Dumbly, Stanley did as she wanted, and she slid behind the wheel. Once they were on the road, Ethel seemed to breathe more freely. They drove aimlessly for about five minutes before she pulled into a path that led into a popular dating point. Being a weekday, it would be deserted at this time. She pulled the vehicle to a stop along the edges of a clearing and made sure that the car phone was working. Lowering both their windows, Stanley had been too preoccupied to lower his, she let the crisp night air wash over her face. The two stared out in opposite directions, seeing everything and yet, seeing nothing. Why? She asked again. Stanley took a deep breath. Words had finally come to him, harmless words that shouldn't cause her any grief. Strange as it may sound, Ethel, my dear daughter, I love you. Your mother and I, as you must have noticed, we no longer have time for each other. It is understandable, neither of us being young anymore. But it tore my heart to see you get dumped so often just because you're a little too bright, and a mite too beautiful. Before I knew it, you had grown up into one of the most beautiful people I've ever known. When I mean beautiful, I mean it in every sense of the word. It's not just your looks and your figure, but your loving nature. I fell in love with that before I noticed your curves and other physical attributes. I even used to wish that your mother would imbibe some of your kindness. He paused for a moment, as if drawing forth more inner strength. Gradually, though, I started to compare you with your mother. Somewhere along the line, I noticed your beautiful face. 
after the face, it was your body that, that grabbed my imagination. It started to turn me on. It made me hot to think of you and me, doing all the things no father and daughter are supposed to do. It was all fantasy, an imaginary world where I could run amok without ruining anybody. Before the liquor took over, but I am not excusing my actions, fantasies were all I could ever hope for. You were too precious for me to lose by my indiscretion, so I shut up and carried on. Tonight, though, when, something went inside me, and I wanted you. I never stopped to consider what I was asking of you, or what your feelings were. I lusted for you. That lust took over. His voice broke, and he sniffled. What a fool I was. For the pleasure of a few minutes, I wasted the life of the only good thing in my life. That was why I wanted to, so that you would never have to see this pathetic excuse for a father anymore. Even my life, I knew, cannot compensate the grief I caused you. I won't ask for forgiveness, though, what I did doesn't deserve any. It still isn't too late. Suddenly, Ethel exploded. Damn you. What makes you think you can leave me? Dot dot. I love you daddy, I still do. I can't live without you. And I mean that. Her voice dropped to a whisper. If only you had asked. Stanley thought he hadn't heard correctly. For the first time, he looked at her face. So tender, so loving and so caring. And so hurt and indignant. But was that a smile that curved at the ends of her lips? She repeated it again, louder this time. If you had only asked. For a horrifying moment, Stanley doubted if he had caused her to go mad. Ethel seemed to read his mind perfectly. No, Daddy, I am not stark raving mad. She placed a soft hand on his cheek, massaging the muscle with her thumb. You said I was too precious for you to lose, and I believe you used the past tense. It was a question. Even though he had no idea what this was leading up to, Stanley corrected her. You still are. You will always be. So don't lose me, she said, a smile lighting up her entire face. Stanley had convinced himself he would never see her smile again, it made him so happy to see his little girl smile. Her teeth radiated something wonderful that seemed to fill the void that he had been feeling. Keep me with you always. As your daughter. As your lover. But I raped you. Aha. Uh -huh. You thought you raped me. What if I was play-acting? What if I wanted you as badly as you wanted me? Even more. You did. Ethel grinned. No. But if it makes you feel any better, I am going to make sure you spend the rest of your life atoning for them. By my side. As my lover. Agreed. Stanley could only nod. He watched with his mouth agape as she pulled up her t-shirt and flung it out of the window. Then she slipped off her bra and dropped it to the floor. Then she flung her arms around him, hugging him so close to her body they could actually smell each other's breath. Momentarily serious, she spoke to him. I know rape isn't the same as making love, but I also know that you love me so much that you were willing to kill yourself. Besides, you never abused me orally, I've heard non-consensual oral is quite horrible. So let's put the rough behind us, daddy, and look forward to a life together towards an old age with our children and grandchildren. It was now Stanley's turn to grin at her suggestion. He let his hands envelope her, letting them lace together at her back. Shouldn't we go home? 
Ethel, still grinning, replied in a husky voice, why bother, sweetie? All the Uncle Mick said was we ought to get some fresh air and relax. And how do you propose we do that? Stanley asked, stealing a glance at her pink nipples. They looked ready for action, hard and erect. First things first. Pucker up, darling. The end. Support our podcast on patreon.com slash kellyclark and access the hidden content awaiting for you.